Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, my sweet pleasure seekers. For those of you who are brand new to this show, you are listening to The Pleasure Zone, possibly watching The Pleasure Zone on many of the different platforms that you can access The Pleasure Zone. Uh, we are always found on Inspired Choices Network, so you can come over here. During live shows, you can also come over here and chat with me in the chat room if you have any questions. Usually on this show, we talk about all things sex, pleasure, relationship, all kinds of things to do with uh, the history, the sociology, the psychology, moving out of trauma into pleasure. We talk about all sorts of things like that. I also do talk about biology, things like hormones. And today's topic is very biological. We are talking about anatomy um, and the biology of how these anatomical things occur. What are we talking about? We're talking about hymen variants. I can already hear some of you go, what? On earth? A, how many of you even know what a hymen is? Raise your hands. Okay, I saw two of you out of 35,000 raise your hands that you know what a hymen is. Fantastic. I'm speaking to the two of you. Maybe I'm speaking to more. There's probably more of you who know what a hymen is. And you probably have heard about hymens because you have only heard about them in reference to virginity. Well, we're going to be talking about them in reference to that and a bunch of other things today. If you have never listened to this show, you're going to find that there are over 400 shows available, I think 500 now available for you to listen to or watch on many different platforms like Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, I don't even know, Apple Podcasts, you name it, we're there. And you can also get us on the Inspired Choices Network app, which is a free app you can download on your phone and you can find us everywhere all the time, anytime. You can find all my episodes there as well. And why have I been doing this show and I have these many shows available is because I love talking about sex. I love talking about bodies. I love doing research on health. I love coaching on health and sex and intimacy and relationships. I am thrilled by it. So one of the things that I actually have been hearing a lot about in social media, even in conversations with uh, Ziva, who is my child, um, their friends have been talking about these things. They've been having conversations about hymen variants. And probably the reason why I hear a lot of this on TikTok is because I get to be on the TikTok that has a lot of um, different things about sexuality. I'm on like that sexuality side of TikTok. I'm on the intersex side of TikTok. I'm on the, hey, are you over 50 and think you're a lesbian side of TikTok? I'm on that side of TikTok because I don't know, I guess the algorithms know more about me than I do. 
So on the side of TikTok that's talking about um, some of the intersex people that I follow on on uh, TikTok, if some of you are wondering what is intersex, I can do, I have done shows on that and I can do some more shows on that because there's always more information coming out about who is under the umbrella, who is under the spectrum of intersex, and it's a very wide spectrum. So um, we could talk about that. But one of the things that some of the intersex people that I follow have been talking about were their hymens. And I was like, oh, fascinating. Let's hear about hymens. So I wanted to first point out that these hymen variants that I'm talking about are not signs that you are intersex. However, they do sometimes show up in bodies that are intersex. So again, that's not what this show is about. So I'm not gonna dive into what is intersex and what is not intersex tonight, but we are gonna talk about hymen variants, what they are, what they can do to you. We might even dive into vaginal variants and some uterine variants and some different you know, anatomical things going on that are variants in generally, I'm going to say generally, XX chromosomal bodies. What does that mean is XX chromosomes are usually the bodies that will appear female at birth. Uh, and so female in this case is not the same as that you feel like a girl or you feel like a boy. That's a gender thing, right? So um, female and male in this case are the are the sex terms that are given by doctors. When you're born, you are assigned a sex at birth, assigned female at birth is, you know, if you've been walking around your whole life um, and people have been identifying you as a girl and you've identified as a girl, the chances are you are and were assigned female at birth. Now, whether you have internal testes or not, that's a whole other variety of things that could fall into the intersex category and that does happen um like with androgen incense and uh androgen uh sorry there's <laughs> there's different uh insensitivity syndromes that can cause i think it is androgen insensitivity anyway that can cause some uh different variants that would have you appear differently than what your chromosomes indicate so usually XX chromosomes, not always, usually XX chromosomes indicate that you would be AFAB, so assigned female at birth. And that's what we're talking about today, is if you have been assigned female at birth, you may have certain body parts, but you may not. So you may, when you were born, uh, if you were born AFAB, assigned female at birth, you the likelihood is you were born with a vagina and the likelihood is you were born with a hymen in your vagina. However, as we might get to talking about later, you'll find out that not all AFABs assigned female at birth are born with a vagina and not all AFABs are born with a uterus. So they, that is, um, that's some other stuff we'll talk about. So what are hymens anyway? So I bet a lot of you who know about what a hymen is, you've heard the term pop the cherry. <laughs> Popping the cherry is what people used to think, you know, as the terminology was, that you were breaking somebody's hymen. Now, 
I gotta let you know this, it doesn't get broken. It's not like it breaks and falls apart or something, or it's a very flexible tissue. So almost like a rubber band, but not quite. It's stretchy, it has elasticity to it usually. Um, like what we would say a normal or common hymen has like a flexibility to it and it can stretch. It can tear, but it's like, you don't, you don't like break it. It's not broken. It might be torn and there's usually a flexibility. And the reason why it might tear is that the flexibility of the hymen could just be pushed so far that it just begins to tear. It's like if you you blow up a balloon too far and then the it just starts to tear, right? So that could happen or it just pops, right? But I think that's why people also assumed it was like pop a cherry. So, and there are also hymens that can stretch and stretch and stretch and never actually tear too. And then there are ones that are very inflexible and they have different things going on. So what is the hymen? It's actually a thin piece of tissue that's flexible tissue that's located at the opening of the vagina. Now, how many of you just wanted to go check and see if you have a hymen and like wanted to like dig down and try it? The chances of you being able to see your hymen are really slim unless you're like a super flexible person who can stare right into your vagina and even then it's really dark in there so unless you have some lighting some extra good lighting maybe something to help open up the chances are you're not going to ever see your hymen and the chances are you're probably never going to feel your hymen either and a lot of times historically i'm going to use actually i'm going to use uh joan of arc as an example so Joan of Arc was one of, if, if you're not familiar with Joan of Arc, Joan of Arc was both a martyr, a visionary. She had a vision about uh, fighting in the name of God at like, the age of 13 or 14. I'm not probably giving the full history here. This is just like a thought that came to mind while I was thinking about Hymens. <laughs> so Joan of Arc, in order for them to believe, for the people in the church to believe Joan of Arc's vision, to actually follow her into battle, you know what made her valid? Her hymen. Yep. So her hymen made her valid. So what they did was she had her vision. The only way that they knew that that uh, Joan of Arc was valid or not was to check and see that her hymen was intact. Intact. Well, the thing is, you can actually be born with a not so intact hymen. You can have, there's so many hymen variants that it's not always going to be fully intact. But luckily for us, luckily for Joan, her hymen was intact and therefore she was valid and her information was valid and obviously came directly from God because she still had a hymen. So apparently if you don't have a hymen, maybe this is the veil, right? If you still have your hymen, it's the veil that God can speak through you. Don't actually believe that. I think anybody who would like to speak to God can speak to God. So that's not it. Um, and if you don't believe in God, you don't believe in God. That's your thing, too. So it doesn't really matter whether you have a hymen or not. Um, but truly, historically, this was like a validating point is that if you had a hymen, you were valid. And you would, you know, there were often people who would check these things. You know, you're going into, say, become a nun or you're doing different things. They would check and make sure, oh, if you were a queen and getting married, you would also get checked. Although we know that. Um, 
Queen Elizabeth I, she definitely did not have, um, they, they called her like the Virgin Queen, I think, but she really wasn't. She had many lovers and then, you know, she felt scorned. So then she uh, recreated herself as the Virgin Queen. So she did not probably have an intact hymen. Um, it probably was stretched. Chances are pretty high. So Joan of Arc and her validity all came down to the hymen. Isn't that wild? This thin piece of tissue located at the opening of the vagina that you personally can't see and you probably can't even feel. And she had to have hers inspected to make sure that she was valid. So how did they know her hymen was correct? I don't know how many hymens they looked at in their time, but there's a lot of variance in hymens. Even in what we'll call normal hymens, there's a lot of variance in hymens. So one of the things that uh, we will look at is like, what is a normal hymen? What are some variants? So normal ones will have um, the ability to stretch and open and they're flexible. That's just kind of what it is. It's just like a tissue at the tissue. Like I'm showing you my full hand if, if you're not watching video. Um, it's a very strange thing to try and explain visually. So let me put it this way. If you got a piece of saran wrap and the saran wrap is clear, it's got some flexibility to it. And, and then, you know, as you stretch it, it starts to like just tear away. That would be like a normal kind of hymen feel or look to it, I suppose. That's the best comparison I can come up with right now. And then if you take that same um, cellophane or, or saran wrap and you, because I, can I even say saran wrap? That's like a, should I get paid by saran wrap for mentioning them because they're like a brand? So whatever. Um, take that wrap. And if you had multiple layers of it, it became stiff. That would be another variation of a hymen. If there were two slits in it, that's another variation of a hymen. If there are multiple little holes in it, that's another variation of a hymen. And if there's one tiny little hole in it, that's another variation of a hymen. So there are you know, basically five kinds of hymens that you'll find in the world. And we're going to talk about all those tonight and probably some other things as well. If this show hasn't already got you intrigued, well, I don't know what will, because who doesn't want to talk about hymen variants? The reason I really wanted to talk about this truly was because a lot of these hymen variants cause pain for um, people born with XX chromosomes. It can cause pain with... Um, sex, it can cause pain with anything being inserted into the vagina, including like tampons or fingers or anything like that. So if you are somebody who does experience a lot of pain when it comes to having anything inserted into your vagina, there, you know, you could have vulvodynia, you could have vaginismus, but you could also have a hymen variant. And one of the ways to find out if you do or not is to go to a doctor. But the thing about doctors is a lot of them don't know or haven't been trained in hymen variants. So you want to make sure you're going to a gynecologist that will know about hymen variants. And sometimes you have to actually say to them, I think I have a hymen variant because of blah, blah, blah. And now this show can give you information so that while we go through these in the next section, in the next segment, you'll be able to write down some thoughts and ideas so that if you do need to go to the gynecologist, 
to have this looked at because there there is a solution for this. Um, if you do need to have this looked at and you do need to have this uh, worked on, you'll know what to mention to them so they can look for that. And sometimes they might even run off and Google it because they might not have ever heard of it. So we're talking about hymen variants so that you can have less pain and more pleasure in sex if that's what you choose or even just have a tampon if you need one. So we will talk about that. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melissa Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melissa Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly, other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email. Info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. So, everybody, we are talking about hymens today, and we're talking about the importance of hymens and how they have played a role historically for Joan of Arc for those people who have been having to be checked to make sure they were virgins before they got married. And that the role of the hymen has been to make sure you are a virgin and the value of virginity has lay in this very thin piece of skin, essentially. Like this thin tissue in our body became incredibly significant. It it could create divorces if you, you know, if you were married to somebody and they found out that your hymen wasn't intact and they assumed that that meant that you had already had sex and that is not what it meant at all. I can't imagine how many women were probably burned at the stake, killed for lying, been told they were adulteresses, all because of the hymen. Ah, oh, the hymen, you have such a bad rap. And 
there are so many variations in hymens that could also indicate so many other things. And I think the conversation about them has been highly neglected because for so long, it's been that secret tissue that just says, you, you are a virgin. And what do we know about virginity? It is just a construct of the patriarchy. That's all I got to say. And the patriarchy is not kind to anybody, men or women, but it does have to do with ownership of women uh, particularly because if, you know, if she were a virgin, she had more value. And basically at the time when virginity was highly valued, it was basically valued because you could, you could ensure that any of your offspring were definitely belonging to the person you had sex with because they were a virgin and they were intact before you had sex with them. Then you get married. Uh, they're no longer intact. You have, they have your babies guaranteed. They got to be yours. This is kind of like the guarantee that they had in place. Right. And then what would that mean? Then that person could carry on your lineage, whether it was because you were, um, you know, upper crust, if you were part of any, um, whether you were in the royal family or you went anywhere that you would have your lands being passed on generationally, uh, then you would have a true blood lineage. And the hymen proved the true blood lineage. It was also valuable and that you, you know, people would buy the virgin. Basically, you were bought, um, you know, because you were traded for things like as a virgin, you were traded for things like land and crowns and titles and um, cattle and traded with chattel because originally that you were part of chattel if you were a woman. So um, you were property of the man. And one of the things the man wanted as part of his property was your hymen. I know, does this sound incredibly controversial? It's not, it's just what was. It is true in still some countries because there are as much as um, you can have, you know, your hymen can be like uh, removed or adjusted, shall we say, through hymenectomies. If you have uh, hymen variants that are causing you pain, there are also some countries where you can get still get killed for um, for being for not being a virgin when you get married. So there are there are doctors um, specifically working on creating false hymens in certain parts of the world. I'm not going to name them because I don't want to be um, controversial with those countries and also the belief system. And it does come from generally religious beliefs and and it's true to their beliefs. So what they what they're doing is they they would really like to be they might have what they felt was like they might have felt like they've fallen astray from their their religious beliefs and then they're wanting to come back to it and get married so they're trying to recreate a hymen and you can't fake a hymen but i guess it gives them more sense of security so you can get just the same way you can get like a breast implant you can get the equivalent which is like a hymen type of implant so there are surgeries that are being performed I think they're highly controversial and unnecessary, but it's what's being done and it probably is saving some people's lives. So that's what that is. The value of this little piece of skin, and we've made it incredibly significant for a very, very long time. 
um, thousands of years, it's been very important to be a virgin. Um, even if you, you know, there are countries where there are virgin sacrifices and guess how they'd find out if you're a virgin? It's your hymen. Your hymen's been incredibly important if you didn't know that. Historically, throughout all time, if some of you are sitting in your chairs just squirming at the thought of that you would have been, you know, if your hymen was a certain way or not a certain way, you could have been killed for it. I know, it's just wild, right? It's not like if people born with XY chromosomes or visible testicles, we'll say, because you can have XY chromosomes and it's an intersex character uh, thing where you can be born with XY chromosomes, but actually have external female genitalia and appear quite female. However, you actually have XY chromosomes and internal testicles, that's a whole other story. But in this particular case, born with XY chromosomes, AMAB, assigned male at birth, if you had something going on with your your testes, they're not going to say you're not a virgin, right? So there's been a lot of value stuck on this hymen. So we are going to talk more about what are these different hymen variants and what do they look like? And how do you find out you have them is you literally have to go, um, if you're suspicious that you have them, because maybe you have pain with inserting anything into your vagina, then definitely go to a gynecologist and get that checked. So I'm going to name the different hymen variants, and then we'll go into some details. So we've got an imperforate hymen, imperforate meaning that there's no perforations. And so imperforate hymen is one of the conditions, a microperforate hymen is another one. And then we've got, I'm just getting some names on here. <laughs> so then we've got the microperforate hymen. And then we've got a sibiform hymen. And then we've got a septate hymen. And then we've got the regular normal, we'll call it the normal hymen. So those are our five common hymens. Although these are not all that, like the when I'm talking about the variants, they're not that common, but these are, if there are going to be variations, these are the variations you're most likely to see. So the first one being the imperforate hymen is you're going to probably find, so one of the things to know is these, these are things that occur at birth for one. And um, the research that I got for this is actually on a children's health site um, for different conditions. So uh, there, but there's information all over the place on hymen variants. If you want to go look it up, it's really common. I just wanted to give you guys the lowdown on the top ones that are out there. So imperfect hymens, um, there, it's a condition where the hymen, it fails to open up. And so it completely covers the opening of the vagina. So it's like, kind of like when I was talking about that, um, the saran wrap, like double layered kind of thick, that's an imperforate hymen. So there's, there's no perforation in it. Yeah. So an imperforate hymen, um, sometimes they can see it at birth because if you go to change a diaper, you might notice that. And and again, you might not. Um, it's usually diagnosed during puberty because what will happen is that the 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 uh, when the vagina is being filled with menstrual blood, it can't exit. 
So there can be some, some issues going on. And if the blood can't exit, then the issue comes down to that there can be infections that happen. Um, there might be a lot of uh, excessive urination. There might be Mm, there might be some other things that are happening with an imperforate hymen that would make you, first of all, go to the doctor to see what's going on. So you would have indications that would probably make you suspicious if you had an imperforate hymen where there is no opening. And a lot of times this is just, and, and this is a fair warning to those of you who, who do go to gynecologists, is that a lot of the people that I've heard talking about their hymen variants have said that because they are quite rare, that um, doctors will often bring in people to come and look at it. So just a fair warning, like if that makes you feel uncomfortable, you need to let the doctor know in advance. If they find a hymen variation, you're not interested in becoming uh, like a sideshow freak and having everybody in the office come look at your hymen. One of the stories I was listening to on TikTok was from someone who had like their entire life invaded because of this, their hymen variant. And they, they, they had to tell the doctor what it was because the doctor didn't know. And then they had to say to the doctor, I've been researching this and I know I need to have surgery on this. And the doctor's like, oh, and then all these medical students came in to check it out and nurses and like the whole friggin' office at one point, they said there was like 15 people that had come to stare at their hymen and nobody had asked permission for this. So I think you need to be really clear. And I think doctors need to have way more sensitivity around this. These people are not freak shows. They just need your help and they don't need to be put on freaking display. So even if you're wowed by this, this doesn't mean that you get to get like all excited and invite all your friends over for dinner and wine and stare at a person's hymen. All right, so now we're gonna move on to the microperforate hymen. So the word micro is small and perforate is like perforation, a hole, right? So microperforate means that there's a tiny opening and tiny openings will have a little bit of a different impact on the body. So it's a condition when the hymen has a very small opening in menstrual blood and vaginal secretions, they can sometimes get out of the vagina with that. But the person who has a microperforate hymen might have difficulty or they might they, they probably have a lot of pain with inserting anything into the vagina. So having vaginal intercourse is probably off the table and using tampons is probably off the table. And sometimes, this will be something that's discovered later on, like in teen years, um, because teens with microperforate hymens might, they may not realize that they have a small opening until they try and put a tampon in. And then they're like, whoa, that really hurts. Um, so that, you know, the pain is usually an indicator that you probably need to get something checked out. And I have talked about this on the show about vulvodynia as well. So when you do have pain, check it out. If they're not finding you have any hymen variants and you have something else, then, you know, definitely be thorough and ask more questions. And we will talk about some other things that might be going on for you if you do have pain in the vulva area with inserting anything into your vagina. All right, we're going to talk about the other kinds of 
of uh, Hyman variants. When we come back, you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.milicajelenic.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. For those of you who are truly seeking pleasure and you might have had some pain in your life with inserting anything into your vagina, this might be why. It's tonight's show. Is it normal? Hymen variants. We're talking all about hymen variants and what they are, how they occur. Um, for one thing, they occur when you are being formed in utero. And they are basically they're just part of formation and they're some so they're just variants that can occur during um your formation. So I have actually had people complain about pain in their vagina and we've looked at different things. A lot of women have been told they have vulvodynia and then they're told, well, vulvodynia, there isn't a lot we can do about it. It's probably trauma-based and there that there's a lot of truth in that. And sometimes there needs to be further understanding and there may be other things going on. Like there could be hymen variants and a lot of times doctors aren't aware of 
Hyman variance. Specialists will be aware of Hyman variance. So going to a gynecologist who is aware of Hyman variance can really help because that could be one of one of the things that's going on for you. And it can be a fairly easy, quick solution. I mean, any surgery is not easy on the body, but it can be, um, it's not a very difficult surgery to have, to have it corrected. So a lot of this, um, a lot of this stuff around hymen variants, I think is just completely neglected because a lot of the times when it comes to women's health, a lot, a lot of stuff is not necessarily known or been investigated and quite often what happens is it gets brushed aside as oh you're just going through menopause or hormonal changes or oh you, you just, you're emotional like oh you just don't like sex well no sometimes it's actually there's something going on so the more that we can go to doctors specialists anybody who will listen that understands that maybe it's not uh, maybe you maybe you don't actually have um, a problem uh, that you're not psycho. Maybe there's something really going on that can be fixed, right? It's not that it's a problem, but it may feel painful so that it can be resolved. Maybe that's a better word. So the imperforate hymen, microperforate hymen, cribriform hymen, septate hymen, we will be talking about the cribriform and septate hymen in this uh, this section what are they and what how and how can they be resolved so cribriform isn't that a fun word it's like a crib well no it's not and a cribriform hymen is when the hymen so you've got the you've got that lovely tissue that's been so valuable for so many reasons says you're a virgin or not um, because it talks to people hello i am a virgin and it's got like a voice and it's got an entity into itself and it it speaks to the wise ones who are checking you. I'm kidding. <laughs> so the cribriform hymen is a hymen that has several small openings in it. If you can imagine kind of looking at a hymen that looks like a colander, well, that's kind of an exaggeration, but that idea, lots of tiny holes. So if, if you have that fear of tiny holes being all put together, do not look at a cribriform hymen. Um, I can't remember the name of that fear, but there is a fear of looking at circles really close together and holes that are really close together. The cribriform hymen will set you off. And if you have that fear, even me probably describing that will set you off. So apologies there. So this is a situation where the menstrual blood and vaginal secretions can also flow through the vagina. But what happens is that there's also pain with this one, um, pain with tampons, pains with intercourse, pains with finger insertion. So even going to a gynecologist to have these things checked can be incredibly painful. So let your gynecologist know in advance, I think I have something going on with my hymen. Can you please be very cautious, like be very aware, light up the area, do what you can, um, because even doing A, B, C, or D for me is very painful. Yeah. So putting in sex toys or anything like that, any of it can be painful. Anything being inserted can be painful. So lots of tiny holes. The cribriform is kind of like a colander of a hymen. Now we're moving on to the septate hymen. And the septate hymen is a hymen. So your nose is a septum. So 
here's a visual on the camera. You guys can look up my nose if you're looking on video. You can look up your own nose if you're not, but you'll notice that there's a line. So this is a septum and it separates two holes. So if you can imagine that your hymen would have like a flesh that kind of comes in the middle and two holes on the side, that is a septate hymen. And a septate hymen occurs when the this band of extra tissue grows in the middle and it causes small vaginal openings, two, generally two small ones, could be more, um, not like a cribriform with multiple little holes, but it could be like de definitely two um, instead of one. And the menstrual blood again and the vaginal secretions can flow through but there's usually a lot of difficulty again with any insertion. And in some cases, um, people won't even realize that they have that. Like I have, for example, I have friends that have, and, and I have like family members that have never used a tampon because for one, I think one of my cousins who lives in a country where they don't really teach that anything about biology or maybe they're shy about it. I'm not sure. Um, didn't really know how to use one. So lack of education can be a, a reason why people aren't even trying tampons and that's fine. Um, can also be religious reasons why you're not putting anything in because you've been told that a tampon will take your ever so valuable virginity. Um, it may stretch your hymen. And that would be an indicator to anybody that you do not have your virginity. Yep. So the menstrual blood can go through. However, there is usually some issue going on. And what ends up happening is that you might, what could happen is that you could get like a tampon in, say it's like you're sticking a tampon into this nostril, but then when the blood fills it. When you try to remove it, it could be excruciating because you've only got this tiny hole to get it out of and you don't have the full space. So it's going um, to pull and sometimes snag. It can be really uncomfortable. So with a septate hymen, it's probably best to not try to force any tampons in. And usually when you have a hymen variant, the chances are that when you are bleeding, you might you might do free free form. Uh, I'm not. I can't remember the name of it. Where you kind of just like free form bleed on towels, and you just like lie around with like just towels, like old school, like red tent style, where you're sitting on the ground and just um, free bleeding. And I know there's a different name for that. Uh, and or you just might use pads. So, what can you do about these hymen variants? And I think I've mentioned it a few times that sometimes they will see this in. Uh, babies when they're really little sometimes you have to wait till you're older but they will if they do usually notice these variants in uh, a baby when they're really little they will just do surgery on them so it can be helpful for later on for sure but I think it's worthwhile waiting for the child to be able to pick the surgery if they want it later on if they need it if you have an imperfect hymen, though, that can be problematic. So that would be something that you'd want to deal with um, fairly young, I would think, so that if you are having menzies, that you want to be able to actually have your body flush everything out. So you can go to 
go to talk to different doctors about that. You know, even if you notice it in your small child, like if you're changing diapers and you're like, hmm, that's different, um, then you can always talk to your pediatrician about that and look for solutions. So I don't think you're not stuck with this issue for life. That's what I want to let you know. And so some of the other things I wanted to talk to you guys about is that uh, that there are other variations that might be things that you might not have even heard of. And I have a few minutes that I will talk about some vaginal anomalies because we have some time for that. And that's fun to talk about. Um, and to remember though, especially with hymen variants, that if it's causing you pain, definitely get it checked out. And you can probably get a lot more comfort in your body by just having having the procedure that that gives you the hymenectomy so you can get it removed and usually people don't have pain after that so you want to make sure you're going to somebody who also has experience with hymenectomies so we will talk some about uh, vaginal anomalies when we come back and a few other things to look for that you might not have ever considered because i have a few minutes to throw some fun facts at you guys that you might not have ever considered when it comes to usually xx X chromosomes, but sometimes those rare XY chromosomes in the intersex um, spectrum, that if you are born with a hymen and a vagina or a vaginal opening, that you may have some other anomalies that are going on. So we'll talk about that after this next commercial break. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. Today we've been talking about hymen variants. Is it normal? So first thing I want to tell you guys that all those hymen variants we've been talking about are quite normal. They are not that common, but they are normal. And they're not problematic unless they're causing you pain. So you can always get surgery done on them if they're causing you pain. If they're not and you're just fine with it, then there's no reason to have surgery if you don't need it. So we're going to talk a little bit about some vaginal anomalies because I have a few minutes to share some fun insights on this. So first of all, some vaginal anomalies are, there's different kinds. So we're going to talk about one vaginal anomaly where the, so what happens when you're in, 
this, these disorders in general occur before birth. So these are not things where you've had a surgery after you've been born. These are anomalies that occur while you're being formed. And um, one of the one things that can happen is that the vagina can actually connect to um, different parts of the body. Uh, so one of the things that it can do is that you can have an absent vagina uh, or an abnormally formed vagina. And sometimes what happens is that the genital area um, to the cervix and then to the neck of the uterus is malformed. And then you can also have something where there's an uh, there's like a malformation where the rectum and the anus, the anus is imperforate. So if remember what an imperforate um, vagina, an imperforate hymen is, you can have an imperforate anus, so it doesn't have an opening. So those can be some uh, different variations that can also occur with vaginal abnormality, like abnormality is not a good word, anomalies. Yeah, invariance. So there is a chance of like one in 5,000 of being born without a vagina completely. And there's also a chance of one in 5,000 of being born without a uterus, like completely being born without a uterus, but actually growing the secondary sex characteristics like breasts, having um, external genitalia that appear female, and you're born AFAB, so you're identified as female at birth, and you probably identify in your life as female or not, like it's just a gender thing, but you have you will probably been have been identified as female at birth. And one of the things with um with this condition, which is actually called MRKH, which stands for Mayor Rokitansky Kuster Hauser syndrome don't you don't have to worry about the name of it it's mrkh for short um, and that one is where uh, conditions that those are conditions that cause the vagina and the uterus to be underdeveloped or absent so you might have your external genitalia and they can look normal but internally there can be things that are missing and one of the ways that people usually find out about that is because they don't get periods um, so then you might be like 18, 19, 20 going, hey, what's going on? And they go to look in you and they do, a, you know, a scan. Now, I don't know what they would have done two, three hundred years ago. They would have just assumed there was something very different about you. But nowadays they can go and they can scan and they can find out, hey, you don't have that. It's gone. So it's uh, it's not the same as having it removed because you weren't born with it. So. There are variants that may be very surprising when you hear about them. You're like, how does that happen that you can be born without this? And how is it you can be born with a shorter vagina or a part of a vagina or missing or no vagina at all? So these are like, really, they're not common, but they're actually kind of common when you think about it being in one in 5,000. The chances are that one of the people that follows me on social media or more has this and maybe doesn't even know, or maybe they do know. Um, and But I'd be really curious. I'd love to hear from somebody who actually is born with MRKH. And I'd love to interview you because I've, I've not had a chance to talk to somebody about what it's like to grow up. You know, we probably grow, you'd probably grow up assuming that you have a vagina and assuming that you have a uterus, one or the other, or 
it can be missing both or one or the other. Um, however, if you if you grew up thinking one thing and then all of a sudden your life changes the day you're like, hey, I have this condition and I don't have a uterus. I'm just curious how you feel, what your life is like and how it's affected you. Um, I'm always curious about how these things affect people because I think there's a lot of pressure in the world to be having certain um, assumed characteristics or assumed even things that, well, you're, you know, you're AFAB, you're assigned female at birth, therefore you must have a uterus, therefore you must be able to get pregnant and have babies. And that's not the case, even if you have a uterus. So there's a lot of assumptions, I think, that are put out there in the world. And they are, um, it's just misinformation. It's like a lack of information. So we've got you know, we've got a whole bunch of different formations that can happen. There are formations that are that can happen that are usually found in um, XX chromosomal AFAB, sign female at birth children, where the rectum, vagina, and urethra are all fused together. And that's called a cloacal malformation. And so it creates one channel, one common channel in fetuses when they're developing. And the, this could cause a great issue. I actually did meet somebody who had um, an, in, an imperforate anus before, which was fascinating. <laughs> um, so I do know somebody who has that. I know of somebody who is born with MRKH. And I do know of somebody, and several, I know several people with hymen variants. So i I find this all fascinating because I think, uh, you know, sometimes we we don't know this information and then we go and we can actually mis, misjudge a lot of this stuff and think, well, that's just not normal or that's not okay or places a lot of judgment on people. So I think the more information we have, the better we are at not judging others about what their genitals look like or even internally things we can't even see like you can't even see if somebody has a uterus or not but we judge people based on that like having a uterus makes you female does it because one in five thousand xx chromosome people are born without one and one in five thousand are born without a vagina so this begs the question of like what how do we identify this binary system of male and female do we anymore need to do that does it matter it's just a curious question so we'll have be having some more fun about thank you for listening to the pleasure zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. the pleasure zone returns next monday at 8 p.m eastern 7 p.m central 6 p.m mountain and 5 p.m pacific on inspiredchoicesnetwork.com we hope you'll join us until then have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.